Welcome back to the Preacher Dad Podcast. I am the Preacher Dad, and I blog at PreacherDad.com. My name is Jared, and I am a pastor, but I'm also a dad and also a husband. And at PreacherDad.com, we're trying to influence the next generation uh, to change the world for Christ, to make a difference, have an impact. We want to give biblical truth to current events. We try to give you a biblical perspective on everything from parenting to politics to preparation and everything in between. I'm very glad to have you with me today. I'm here on my drive home from work. It's about the only time I can find a chance to do these recordings. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of time other places, but when you have eight children and a full-time job and you're a part-time pastor, which to all the pastors out there, is there such a thing as a part-time pastor? I don't think you can be like part-time. That just doesn't seem right to me. You're always on call. You're shepherding the souls of other people. That's a very important responsibility. I was reminded of that over the weekend, the importance of that responsibility and the, the condemnation that the Lord gives to those who do it poorly. Uh, not, not, not who mess up, but who intentionally mislead people who are false teachers. And if you're a, a preacher out there and you are um, not faithful to the Word of God, woe to you. Um, shame on you. And I need all those pastors out there to bone up and hunker down and, you know, stay in the fight. Sometimes it's a little bit frustrating to me as a pastor to hear people talk about, oh, we just need good, solid biblical teaching. You know, we just need need more pastors to preach the truth. Well, there's one pastor in the heart of middle Georgia who is preaching the truth. It's just nobody wants to come and hear him. <laughs> uh, there are some of us out there that are preaching the truth, but it's kind of hard to get people to come and listen to you because they want uh, extras. Uh, special, special, not special treatment, but programs and opportunities and I don't know. There's there's a few of us out there. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just trying to say, hey, support your local sheriff. <laughs> support your support your pastor. Encourage him. Uh, lift him up in prayer. Uh, it's a big responsibility, and uh, some of those guys out there are doing a good job. Some of them need to be rebuked. Uh, in Christian love. But I, I'm kind of getting off topic here. I wanted to focus today on a scripture passage that was pointed out to me or that I came across over the weekend as I'm preparing for the message. <clears throat> I looked at this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, maybe you're familiar with it, but I'll just give it to you briefly in the English Standard Version. 2 Timothy 3, first couple verses here said, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, 
reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. And you know, that is just an apt description of our society and our time. It is unbelievable how appropriate those words are and how accurately they describe the spirit of our age. Violence, recklessness, uh, lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, having a form of godliness. Friends, this doesn't just describe the the spirit of our Western society and culture, it describes the modern church. It is describing those people that claim to be Christians. They claim the name of Christ, but they do not live as Christ lived, and they do not love his teachings, nor do they teach his teachings. Uh, they are not disciples of Jesus. They just want to claim his name. That is... Um, an apt description of many that are in the quote-unquote church, the religious organization known as the Christian church. It's not the true body of Christ. Uh, that is made up of people who have put their faith in Christ alone as their Savior and who are following his teachings. I mean, uh, not that you have to follow, you know what I mean, like, faith is, faith is the only thing required to be a believer. Uh, but, but because you have faith and because you've trusted in him, then you begin to live a certain way. You live according to his teachings. You love him, so you love what he said. And people that do not behave in a Christ-like way, I question whether or not they truly have put their faith in Christ, or if they're trying to trust themselves. But this is an apt description of our world. It's just absolutely going worse. And then later on in the chapter, he says, things go from bad to worse, basically. Things get worse and worse, and the, there's wicked people that are deceiving and being deceived. It's just really hard out there, you know? And, and when I pay attention to uh, what's happening in the world, current events, I, I see things that are happening out there, and I, I sometimes get really discouraged and worried about the future and uh, how my children can handle things and how can things be this crazy. How can things be this crazy? And um, anyway, that is uh, just part of the world in which we live. And it can be overwhelming when we see all of the incredible wickedness that's out there. But at the same time, Paul gives Timothy, even though he gives him this, this warning, this warning of you know, be careful, be careful. He gives him some hope as well. See, the Apostle Paul says in verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, 
sorry. <clears throat> Profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That is to be our focus in perilous times, in difficult days, when things just seem to be going from bad to worse, and things seem to be overwhelming. Paul tell, tells Timothy, and the Lord Jesus, God himself breathed out these words to you and me. This is God's word to us. He says to you and me, To, to hold on to the faith, the things which we have been taught and have firmly believed. Now that's not to say that you can't sometimes question things or ask why or, or wrestle out elements of our faith because that's important too. We have to be able to do that in order to firmly believe them. But the things that you've been assured of, you know, God is not afraid of a challenge. He's not afraid of a why. But you have to be willing to accept the answer. You have to be willing to uh, see things the, the, from the correct point of view, from God's point of view. If, if you don't like what God says, you can't just simply say, well, it must not be true. So it's okay to ask God questions or to, to wonder why this is so. But at the end of the day, when we have faith and we believe in the truth as revealed to us in God's Word, we need to hold on to that. Sometimes that's all we can do is simply hold on. Just hold fast. Um, I'm reminded of a scene in a movie I like. The movie is Master and Commander. Maybe some of you have seen it. Um, I don't recommend it unless you have a strong stomach. <clears throat> Uh, maybe one or two bad words in there, but it's honestly not too, not too bad a movie. And it's uh, about these sailors. But one of the sailors has tattooed on his fingers, on one hand is H-O-L-D on his knuckles, on his fingers, and on the other hand is F-A-S-T on those four, four fingers. And so when he makes a fist, you can see that the words hold fast on the front of his knuckles. And, Sometimes, when you're buffeted by the storms of life and the pressures of the world seem to just overwhelm you and threaten to wash you right overboard into the raging sea, sometimes all you can do is hold fast, hang on tight to that rope, that, that, that anchor uh, that's tied down to the ship of our salvation. That's our faith. Hold on to the faith that you have in that which you have been firmly taught, that, that which you firmly believe. Not everything we're taught is right, but everything in the Bible is true. And so as we study the Bible and compare it to the things that we are taught, we are confirmed and, and assured of certain things that they are absolutely rock solid for sure, certain forever. We need to hold on to those things hold on to them. And even when it seems that maybe they are challenged by some false teacher or some persuasive, deceptive uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, when they seem to be 
crumbling, hang on, hang on, because the things that truly last, they won't crumble. Uh, you can guarantee, you can bank on that. The things that are true do not crumble. Upon further investigation, or sometimes just a little time, those arguments that seems, seem to set themselves up against the, the truth of God's Word, those arguments that seem to tear them down, they just crumble. And that's why the Bible says elsewhere, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So, <clears throat> that's one thing, is to hold on. To sometimes we just have to endure. Hang on tight and endure the hardships and the storms. The other thing that Paul says for Timothy to do is to focus on the Word of God. How you from childhood have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God. It's God-breathed, and it's profitable to us. And, and the purpose of Scripture is so that the man of God, and of course in context it would apply to women as well, uh, in the extension of Scripture to women. It's not just for men. But it says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Word of God completes us. It grows us up. It makes us a whole person. And when we are a whole person, we are then equipped as well for every good work. We have the tools we need to do good in the world. So Paul says... Hang on tight. Hold fast. Let your faith endure. He says, focus on the Word of God so that you can do good works in the world. The Word of God is not is an end in of itself, but it's also got a purpose. The purpose of the Word of God, according to the Apostle Paul, is to prepare us to do good in the world, to help us to have the tools we need to do good things for other people. Uh, whether that's feeding the, the poor and hungry, whether that's ministering to the brokenhearted, whether that's proclaiming truth to the captives, whether that's uh, bringing a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, maybe it's building houses for the homeless, maybe it's uh, confronting sinners with their sin. That is a loving thing to do. We've been tricked in our society into thinking that confronting sin and calling sin by its rightful name is not loving. The problem is when people do it without a spirit of love. We need to have a spirit of love when we confront sin. But we can't not confront sin. We can't ignore sin or just say it doesn't matter because it does. We have to learn to recognize sin and also have the humility and repentance to realize that we are not, you know, sinless, per sinlessly perfect beings just because we follow Christ. We are forgiven. We are cleansed, and, and ye that stand, take heed, lest ye fall. We can't be high and mighty think we're, we're better than everybody else just because we've been graciously forgiven and given new life. We ought to be generous people, giving up that new life out to others. That's the good works that we are to be pursuing in the world. Uh, and I don't, and, and you know, I think running for office, I think teaching a constitution class, I think uh, trying to get wise and godly policies passed in our nation to make it easier for righteousness to prevail in our land. I think those are also good works to be doing. 
going into your prayer closet and praying for your pastor, praying for your, your state legislature, uh, praying for your governor and the president. All of those things are good works. Sitting down to memorize a passage of scripture. Good works. And the Bible prepares us for those things. So if you're facing perilous times and discouragement, I need you to get in the Bible. The Bible is going to be the bolstering that you need, the, the um, well, the best word is encouragement. I, was I wanted to say ballast, but I'm not sure that's correct. You need that encouragement from the Word of God, and then the Word of God also completes us. It equips us for the tasks that God has placed before us. We can't do every task, but there are certain tasks that have been placed before us. Well, I'm about home, and uh, my task before me is to go in there and be a loving husband to my wife, who's not feeling well, and my eight children, who need their daddy, to be engaged with them, to help them, help prepare them for the future, and to help them be a whole, complete person. So I got tasks to do here, and I'm going to have to get to it, but I hope that this podcast today has given you some encouragement, and we'll try to have greater content. That's one of my goals this year uh, on the Preacher Dad podcast is to have better content, more um, helpful information um, that I'm going to bring to you that maybe you haven't heard. Maybe you have heard it and then hearing it from me maybe just would be confirmation for you. But um, that's what the plan is. So I hope that you will stay tuned for more here on the Preacher Dad podcast. And if you have children or you just enjoy good stories, I encourage you to check out the Character Stories podcast, which is the new podcast we're starting up this year, which we hope that you will enjoy and get much, not just entertainment, but uh, maybe a challenge or a, um, a encouragement from. So the Character Stories podcast by Preacher Dad, check that out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you find your podcasts. And we will be sure to um, encourage you, or at least try to. So, all right. I hope you all have a great night, and that God blesses you. And I will see you again soon. God bless you. Bye-bye.